You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, Chicago Bears fans? Welcome to T-Formation Conversation on the Windy City Gridiron Podcast channel. I'm your host, Lester A. Wolfman Jr., and besides being an occasional podcaster, I'm also the editor-in-chief over at WCG. You guys can follow me on Twitter at WiltfongJR, and you can follow the entire Windy City Gridiron team collectively on Twitter. Find us all at WC Gridiron. And if you guys do the social media thing, make sure you go like us on Facebook as well. You know, this is such an exciting and hope-filled time of the year because every team has a chance to get themselves back to NFL relevance with free agency in a couple weeks and, of course, the NFL draft upcoming as well. And since those two things are often intertwined, I had to grab our lead draft analyst, Jacob Infante, to get his thoughts now that the NFL Combine is in the books. Jacob, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Lester, for having me on. I'm really excited. I'm a little burnt out after the whole Combine thing, but I'm excited to talk some draft. Yeah, you were killing it. You had, I think, uh, four straight articles on the site. I think you did a couple podcasts last week, too, so you, you were all over the place. Yeah, I mean, it's been a really busy week for me, and I know that things are just going to keep getting more busy, but I'm okay with it. I love the draft, so any excuse I get to talk about it, I'm more than happy to oblige. Nice. You know, you guys can all find Jacob's writing not only with us at WCG, but also at USA Today's The Draft Wire. Plus, like I said, he's always doing guest podcast spots, spreading his knowledge. So just make sure you're all going to follow him on Twitter at JacobInfante24. That way you never miss any of his stuff. So, Jacob, you ready to get going? Absolutely. All right. So so it's a given that the Bears are going to pick up a free agent or trade for veteran quarterback this offseason at some point. Um, you know, they only have one quarterback under contract. So so that's that's happening. But I also think the Bears are going to look for a rookie. And, and if they do that, what's your best-case scenario for the Bears picking a quarterback in the draft? Honestly, I think that if the Bears draft a quarterback in this year's draft, I think that their best situation they can go down is to look for a day three value pick and look to use him as a developmental backup of sorts. Uh, either that or not necessarily take one at all because I don't think that any long-term franchise caliber quarterbacks will be available in the second round. So I think that I'd pass on a quarterback on day two, maybe if somehow a guy like Jake Fromm or Jalen Hurts falls to the fourth round with that comp pick, then I'd consider you know pulling the trigger there. But ultimately, I think that their best and most realistic option that they've got this year is to look for a day three guy that they can groom and see if they can get some value out of them. So, you know, early in the draft season, a lot of people were talking about Jordan Love possibly slipping out of the first round, but, you know, with the way things have kind of went near the last month and the plus with the combine, that's not happening, is it? Yeah, realistically, I think Jordan Love goes in the first half of this draft. I think that with his arm talent, his athleticism, and the flashes of touch that he's shown, I think that some team is going to fall in love with him, no pun intended, but I think that uh, with his skill set, he's obviously raw. I mean, all of the interceptions from this past season have to be addressed and it has to be fixed. But I think that he's got the tools. I think he's got a better skill set than Jacob Eason, who's another toolsy guy that a lot of guys are high on. 
so I think Jordan Love goes early in the first round. I wouldn't say top 10, although I think it's possible. I think realistically we're looking at top 15 with Jordan Love. Okay, so you, you mentioned Fromm and you mentioned Hertz in, in the possible with the Bears' fourth-round comp pick that they're expected to get from the Amos deal. Um, are those kind of your two favorite day uh, three prospects? I mean, I guess. I think that Jake Fromm and Jalen Hurts will end up going a bit higher than that, but I think if either of them are available, I'd accept that pick for sure. I think Fromm would be a really good fit in this offense. I think he... You know, he's got that game manager upside who can lead a team to the playoffs. I mean, he doesn't have sky-high upside, but I think he can start in the league. And then Jalen Hurts, I mean, he's not a guy that I draft in the second round, but for a day three pick, I think that the dual threat ability and the, you know, growing, developing uh, passing ability, I think that might make him worth it late in the fourth round. I wouldn't draft him early, but if I were looking for any of those guys to fall... I'd honestly pull the trigger. You know, I just think with the Bears uh, right now, we're not sure. Yeah, they have Mitch Trubisky on a contract, but it may be a little different of an offense next year. They may not have the uh, the, the the athletic type of, of stuff going on back there. You know, they may go with more of a pocket passer if they go with a guy like you know the, the Derek Carrs or the Andy Dalton. So, you know, I, I think a guy like like Hertz may not even fit the Bears scheme next year. Yeah, I mean, we obviously don't know what their plan of attack is at the quarterback position. Uh, and I think with Jalen Hurts, um, I was planning on talking to him about him a little bit later in the show, but I do think that he's obviously still a work in progress as a passer. But, yeah, I mean, we obviously never know. I think a lot of what they'll do in the draft could also depend on what they do in free agency, depending on which veteran quarterback they go after. If it's Dalton, Mariota, even uh, Derek Carr or anything like that, I think they'll have a lot of different quarterbacks to choose from, and I think that that quarterback's playing style could have some sort of an impact on the offense and what uh, quarterbacks they look at in the draft. True. I want to get your thoughts on one more uh, day three quarterback because it was reported uh, recently that the Bears are interested uh, in Florida International's James Morgan. Uh, you have any thoughts on him? Uh, yeah, I do. I think that James Morgan's definitely a guy to look at late on day three. I think that he's got some tools. I think he's got high-end backup ceiling. Uh, I mean, his floors, obviously, he's you know out of the league in like two years. Yeah. But I think that his ceiling, you know, with the tools he has, he could, you know, stick around for a while. Uh, you know, he's got a live arm. I think he's got a good sense of uh, touch and anticipation behind his throws. I think he's got, you know, he's shown the ability to hit the ball into some tight spaces. So I think that there's definitely some uh, potential there. I mean, I think his pocket presence and his footwork could use some work. He kind of collapses under pressure, and that affects his accuracy. And then decision-making, as is the case with a lot of quarterbacks coming out of college, I think he's a one-read type of guy. Uh, overall, I think he's got some tools. I think he's a guy I wouldn't mind them drafting in the, like the seventh round or something like that, maybe the sixth. But I, I like James Morgan, I think, as far as – late day three quarterbacks he's about as good as you can get uh so i i honestly wouldn't be opposed to the bears drafting him just as long as it's good value yeah he was getting the the, the gardner Minshew comp uh, because of the the leadership quality and the and i guess kind of the swagger he showed when he was at the combine in, in his interviews with teams yeah i mean obviously i feel like playing styles they're a bit different but if you have a guy who's got that leadership abilities who's got that swagger you know like a gardner Minshew type then I think that's a very attractive thing. 
to look for in a rookie quarterback, regardless of if you're looking for him to start or not, because he's a guy that if things go south, that the team can rally around. And if there's some sort of injury or something, then the team, you know, necessarily won't lose as much of like that cohesive uh, ability. So I think that having a type of guy with that mentality, with that personality is huge. You think the Bears are going to keep three quarterbacks in the roster next year? Honestly, I'm not sure. I personally think that they'll keep two active. If they do keep three, then it'll the third string will be a rookie or a young guy who, you know, they don't necessarily keep active on game days. So I think two quarterbacks will be active. I really don't know if they'll end up adding a third quarterback uh, to the 53-man roster. I'm going to go with no if they end up going with the veteran and keeping Trubisky. But it honestly wouldn't surprise me. But for right now, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I think they will. I think that the plan the, the, the first few years of Trubisky was, you know, Trubisky had to get all the reps. It just was a given because he was a young guy. He needed all the reps he can get. So Chase Daniel as your number two is a guy that, you know, he could just kind of sit there and, and not do too much because he knew the offense so good. And then with, with Bray as your practice squad guy, he's basically running your scout team. And I think now with the, the, the future of Trubisky such a question mark, I think you got if if Trubisky's still there. That is, you know, he's under contract. So I think you go veteran. I think you go Trubisky, and I think you got to keep someone you believe in as, like you mentioned, a James Morgan type, a guy with some upside there. So it's going to be definitely interesting to see how that quarterback room shakes out. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I think that if they do get a third string quarterback, then it should be a rookie. It should be a relatively young guy. I think that Tyler Bray did what he had to do. I think he served as a veteran quarterback who has experience in Matt Nagy's offense, but his ceiling is tapped into already. I think that if they're going to add a third quarterback, I think it's a guy with with a little bit more potential, uh, someone who's got a little bit of room to grow, a younger quarterback. Uh, So I think that it's definitely a possibility. I'm not necessarily certain it'll happen, but I think it wouldn't be a bad idea by any means. Definitely. So this is one of the stronger offensive tackle class that we've seen in a while. So do you think the Bears could land a, a quality guy in the second round if they decide to go that route? Maybe. I mean, I think that it, it you're right. It is a really talented tackle class. And the day one talent is incredible. I think we could see five offensive tackles, maybe even six, yeah. going yeah. in the first round. So that you know speaks as a testament to how good this class is. But I do think that there's a pretty obvious drop-off between the first-round talents and the day two guys. So I don't know necessarily if there's going to be great value there. I think that if a guy falls, if somehow Josh Jones out of Houston falls into the second round, I think he'd be a guy worth trading up for even. Uh, I think as far as offensive tackles that could realistically be there in the second round, the only guy I'd really consider drafting that high is Auburn's Prince Tega Wanoko. Yeah. And that's simply because of the athleticism and the upside that he brings. But otherwise, I'm not 100% sure because I don't think that there are any guys outside of all the uh, the two guys I mentioned and then the consensus top four. You know, your Andrew Thomas's, your Jedrick Wills, Makai Becton's, and Tristan Wirfs. But I, I say maybe. I think it kind of depends on the value. If the Bears trade down, then sure, you can go for a tackle in round two. But I think if they stay put, at, especially at 43. But at 50 also, I think that might be a little bit of a reach. 
Yeah, you know, I, I asked this question on Twitter, but I want to ask it here as well. Are there any offensive tackles that could, could potentially kick inside the right guard? I know we see it, you know, a lot through the NFL that that the tackles are usually drafted a little higher than the interior guys, and one of the reason is is because they're generally more technically sound. So if they're not going to make it a tackle, a slide inside usually works out. So any, any guys that can make that move? Yeah, definitely. I take a look at this tackle class, and I see a lot of guys with potential to slide inside. I think with day one guys, you know, like Tristan Wirfs, Mackay Becton, I think could play guard, but those aren't, you know, realistic Bears targets. I think as far as guys Chicago could draft, we're looking at like Lucas Niang out of TCU. You know, he's a big guy with some good athleticism. I think he's a day two pick. If the Bears trade down in the second round, I wouldn't be opposed to drafting him or even draft out of the third round maybe. I think, you know, drafting uh, that far down, I think he could be a good pick there. And then if you're looking for day three guys, you're looking maybe Ben Barch from St. John's in Minnesota, yeah. a, a real small school guy, but I think that he's got the the nastiness and the mauler edge that to slide in the interior if he's available in the fourth round. And then two SEC guys that I like, someone like Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia uh, or Jack Driscoll out of Auburn. I'm personally a little bit lower on Wilson than most. I think that he could go day two, but I wouldn't pick him there. I think that he's got athletic limitations, but he's a powerful guy. Don't get me wrong. So I could see him being a guard. I could see Jack Driscoll. He's also got athletic limitations, yeah. but he, he's a technically sound guy, and he's got some strength to him. So I think either of those guys could be potential guard uh, switches if need be. You know, speaking of right guard, I mean, that's that's obviously a big need for this Bears team. Um, but honestly, some interior depth is needed as well. I mean, there's not really a lot on this roster that you trust that can come in there. Uh, so who's the guy that you like late in the draft that, that maybe a high floor type of safe pick, the guy that you kind of have your eye on for the interior? Yeah, one of those guys on my board right now is probably Daryl Williams out of Mississippi State. You know, he's a bit of a stout guy. He's got to be no more than like 6'2", and he's like 310 pounds or something along those lines. But I like the skill set that he brings. I mean, he's a strong blocker. He's got good grip strength and good, you know, well-proportioned strength in his frame. He plays with a high motor, so I really like the mentality that he has when he's in the trenches. And he's got experience at guard and center. So I think he's a very valuable, you know, potential backup, borderline starter early on in his career. And he's the type of guy you can get on day three because he's not very long. He doesn't have the best you know athletic tools but i think that with the power that he's got the nasty edge that he's got i think he's a borderline starter and at the very worst i think he's a rotational guy you can put on your bench and have him play a bunch of different positions you know teams seem to always find those guards you know fourth fifth sixth round that you know they kind of come in and they, and they and they and they play a little bit as a rookie and then eventually you know they're, they're starting for you yeah absolutely and i think it doesn't hurt to pick one of those guys because you know the offensive line there's obviously a pretty sizable drop off with most teams between your starters and your backups so if you've got depth at offensive line that's always a great thing we've seen it with teams like the eagles it seems like they've got a lot of depth on the offensive line so i wouldn't be opposed to the bears drafting one of those guys this year i mean if, if they go for a veteran to plug in at right guard and then they still draft a guy I honestly wouldn't I'd be down with that because 
you know, like I said, offensive line depth is key. You can never have too much of it. Yeah, definitely. You know, we talked about the deep class at tackle, but you know, no no position is deeper than than, than the wideouts here. So, is there a guy at receiver you think a, that maybe get pushed down the board that if he's sitting there for the Bears take, whether it's in the second or even in the fourth round, that you think they'll be filled to jump on? You know, I think there are a couple of guys they could look at in round two. Maybe you're looking at a guy like Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State. I think he's got really good athleticism and he brings a lot of spark to the position but if you're looking for a guy on day three with that fourth round pick I'm looking at a guy who didn't necessarily have the best combine I'll go with KJ Hill out of OSU I mean he's he ran about a 4-6 40 yard dash at the combine which doesn't necessarily reflect his tape at all I think he's an electric athlete in the open field he's shifty after the catch and he's got good acceleration off the snap so I think the athleticism that he brings to the position is definitely something that's to be considered at that round. Uh, teams might sour on him because of the depth at this position and considering he didn't necessarily light it up with athletic testing. But I think the tape automatically you know, wins over a combine performance. So I think a guy like K.J. Hill could definitely bring some spark to this offense, especially with Taylor Gabriel gone. This offense could use another uh, speedy receiver. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a, a sneaky need spot for the Bears, but you don't, you didn't mention that with with Gabriel gone, you know, right now it's it's whims, it's it's uh it's 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 Riley Ridley, you know. So I mean, how much do you really trust these guys to come in and take on a big role with uh, with Robinson and Miller? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Riley Ridley fan. I really liked him coming out, and I think that he's still got starting potential. And a lot of people tend to forget about that, but I do think that they'd be smart to draft a receiver at some point simply because of how deep this class is and considering they don't have like a pure speed receiver on the roster. Because Javon Wims is more of a big physical guy. Riley Ridley's fluid. He's a good route runner, but he's not a burner. And then Cordero Patterson's the type of guy. He's more of a gadget type of guy. He's more of a shifty, you know, special teamer. I don't necessarily see him as a, a full-time speed receiver. So if they can find a guy on day three, maybe the second round if the value plays out, but pref- preferably on day three, who can really fit that role, I personally think they should go for it. Nice. Hey, before we wrap up the offensive side of the ball, you know, I'm going to take a quick commercial break. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, before we jump over to offense, or I'm sorry, before we jump over to defense, you know, we got to talk about the spot that was a 
train wreck a year ago. Um, but I'm not going to ask you about your top-ranked tight end, Purdue's Bryson Hopkins, or, or, or Notre Dame's Cole Komet, who is also uh, one of the top tight ends on a lot of boards out there. Uh, but I want to ask you your general thoughts on the current group of tight ends in Chicago, in particular the youngsters, uh, Jesper Horstead, Dax Raymond, and Eric Saubert. Do you have any faith at all that one of these three can fill in at the U if Trey Burton goes down again? You know, I do think that there's some talent at tight end, not necessarily starting tight end talent, but I do think that there's NFL caliber talent who can stick on a roster for a little while. I mean, with Jesper Horstead, a lot of fans fell in love with him. I mean, it's pretty obvious he's a former receiver, so he's got good ball skills and good hands. Uh, I don't think he's a full-time starter type of guy, but I do think that he's a quality backup who can play a little bit of special teams if need be, and I think that he can you know, kind of fit into that role and get, like, two catches a game or something along those lines. And then Dax Raymond, he's a guy that I really liked coming out last year. I don't necessarily know what happened with him. Uh, he was a top 10 tight end on my board, and I know a lot of uh, draft analysts were high on him too. He, he was a top, so, a top uh, undrafted free agent. I mean, a lot of teams were after him last year. Yeah, and I remember, like, right after the draft, I wrote an article about Dax Raymond and Emmanuel Hall, and yep. Emmanuel Hall got cut and Dax Raymond didn't see the field, really. So, you know, it didn't necessarily age well. But I'm not giving up on Raymond. I think he's got good size and athleticism, and he's a fluid receiver. I don't know necessarily, again, like Horstead, I think he's a backup at best in the league. But he's another guy I'm not giving up on. Eric Saubert, I'm not 100% sure. Because he's been on about, I think, four teams already. Yeah. And... You know, he's got size, he's got athleticism. I admittedly don't know too much about him outside of that, but I don't think that at this stage in his career, we're entering, I believe, his fourth year in the league. I don't think that he's got too much of an upside, especially compared to someone like Jesper Horstead or Dax Raymond. So I think the road for a roster spot will be tougher for Saubert, but I think he'll stick around on the team uh, through training camp and then eventually latch on somewhere else because I think he's you know he's a talent who can be on an NFL roster I just feel like with the moves the Bears can make at tight end that he might be the odd man out yeah the the one thing he has going for him he has played some uh, special teams in the past with the Raiders uh, with the Bears last year and that's something that Horst and Raymond really haven't done much of so if he has an edge and the Bears are looking for a fourth or fifth tight end that they, they can trust on special teams maybe they give it to Saubert yeah absolutely and I think that special teams will play into what they decide to do if they carry a fourth tight end or even like a third guy. Uh, and you're right, someone like Horstead or Raymond haven't played special teams that much yet. And while I do think that with their skill sets they could develop into that, they're not really proven right now. And Saubert does have that edge. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think it also depends on if they keep J.P. Holtz around because yeah. I I think that he's got some you know versatility with offense and a bit on special teams too if need be. So I, I don't know. I mean, we still have to see what the Bears are going to do at tight end, but they have a handful of guys with like realistic shots of making the roster come uh, September. Yeah, it's like they have a lot of four and fives, you know. The and, but they're one they're not really trustworthy on, and and you know the two and three, it's kind of up in the air. So it's definitely a position to keep an eye on for free agency and for uh, the draft. But but let's jump over to defense because on defense, you know, the Bears could really use a young outside linebacker because. You know, they have not had a legit developmental pass rusher in 
in years, maybe it, it could be decades. I mean, I can't remember the last guy they had that was a legit developmental pass rusher. So is there a guy in the draft that could come in and rush the passer on some obvious passing downs as a rookie? Yeah, I think there's one guy in particular that I like in this class in that role, and that's Travis Gibson out of Tulsa. Uh, he's a guy that I've been pretty high on ever since I watched him, you know, during the regular season. And this sounds like a bit of a crazy comparison, and I don't necessarily think that they are the same player that Gibson is as good as this guy. But I see a little bit of Marcus Davenport in Gibson's game. I mean, not necessarily as high as the ceiling, but he's a bigger guy at about 260 pounds. He's like 6'3". Uh, he's athletic off the snap. He's fluid in space, and he's got some potential in regards to how quick his hands are and the different ways that he can beat you off the edge. I mean, I think he's a bit raw, you know, his pad level and his play strength could use some work, but he was productive. He had eight sacks and 15 tackles for a loss this past season. So I think that he's a guy that I'd look for around round four maybe as a situational pass rusher early on in his career with the potential if all goes well, to develop into a starter. Yeah, the, Bear, the Bears have nothing at backup at edge right now. I mean, it's Aaron Lynch, it's Isaiah Irving, you know, and then even if you look at Leonard Floyd, you know, he hasn't really got it done as a pass rusher. So I, I think that's somewhere they've, they've got to pick some. At some point, you're going to pick it. The Bears are going to pick an edge rusher in this draft. Yeah, absolutely. I think that in this class, there are a handful of talented edge rushers, and the Bears, considering the lack of depth that they have in the position, they'd be smart to look at a guy. You know, especially on day three, if they don't go with a guy in the second round, uh, to add some depth to that position. Because like you said, it's been a long time since they've had a legitimate developmental pass rushing prospect. You know, they tried with Kylie Fitz a little bit. That didn't work out. Huh. Um, I-, I couldn't even tell you the last guy since then. Mark Anderson, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, obviously, it's it's a position of need for the Bears, regardless of what they do with Floyd. So I think that looking for a guy on day three is a must. All right, so, so you had a few defensive backs listed in your, in your uh, five prospects the Bears could be looking at article that dropped uh, on, on Monday. Uh, but is there a strong safety type that could literally step in day one and start alongside Eddie Jackson? Yeah, and I think I'm going to go back to that article and mention one of the guys that I talked about in there, and that's Kyle Duggar out of Lenoir Rhine. You know, I don't know necessarily if he's going to be available in the second round because of how well he tested at the combine, but I think that it's definitely a possibility. I mean, he's a bigger dude at six one, close to two twenty, and I think that he's got a lot of athleticism and physicality for the safety position. He can play up top if necessary, but I really like the skill set he brings underneath, and he brings in like cover two formations. Uh, you know, he's fluid, explosive. He's really fast downhill. And he can light guys up when he tackles downhill situations. So I think he's a guy who can step in relatively early in his career and start. I mean, if you're looking for another guy at strong safety, you can look at a little bit later. Jeremy Chin out of Southern Illinois tore up the combine. Uh, Someone like Reggie Floyd from Virginia Tech. Antoine Brooks out of Maryland. You know, there are a lot of guys in this class that I could see, you know, playing a strong safety and developing into starters. But as far as day one starters, I think Kyle Duggar could be that guy. You know, the Bears, for whatever reason, seem to have, have always had a had a opportunity to start rookies at safety. I mean, I'm, I'm going all the way back to, to the uh, Levy Smith years. I mean, Chris Harris, you know, uh, Al, Al Aflava, who wasn't very good, but he started as a rookie with, in Chicago. So, you know, that seems like a spot, for whatever reason, historically, the Bears have been able to start a guy at. Yeah, and I mean, they've been taking 
for the most part, the kind of mentality where they can afford to start a little bit cheaper guys, younger guys at safety. Uh, I mean, with Eddie Jackson, you've got a rangy center field type safety, so you can afford maybe to go a little bit cheaper at that strong safety spot. But I do think that they'd be smart to look for a rookie to draft because, you know, haha, Clinton Dix is a free agent, Dion Bush is a free agent, and then after that, you know, they don't really have anything else on the roster. So I think that, you know, looking for a safety, regardless of what happens in free agency, would be smart. I would love to see a guy to step in, like the, the, the fourth round comp pick. You know, a guy that they can pick up that was from that Amos, you know, comp that comes in and start. I think that would be like a perfect symmetry. Yeah, exactly. That'd be a really good story. Just the guy who, you know, came in with that comp pick from Adrian Amos and then came in and start just like Amos did right away. I think that would be really cool. Nice, nice. So I'm not sure if the Bears are content at cornerback because, you know, they got rid of Prince Mukamara, but honestly, you know, there's a lot of question marks behind him that's going to have to – one of those guys are going to have to start unless they make a move. So what's your overall take on this year's uh, draft class at the corner spot? I think it's pretty underrated. I think there are a lot of late day two guys, a lot of early day three guys that you can look at and uh, view as potential starters at the next level. I think that there's an obvious drop-off after Jeff Okuda as the cornerback one in this class, but I think there are a lot of guys who can go late first round, a handful of guys who can go in the second round as well. I think the Bears could be in good hands. I mean, like you said, there's a very good possibility that they just choose to kind of stick with what they have, maybe draft a guy late on day three, but I think that there's a lot of talented guys in this class and a handful of guys who can develop into starters uh, relatively late in the draft. Nice. All right. So, regardless of being uh, of him being a, a realistic Bears target or not, out of all the prospects, who is your favorite this year? Uh, you know, that's really difficult. <laughs> I mean, I, I've talked a lot about Bryson Hopkins, and that's kind of become my brand here on Twitter, where yeah. all I you know do is talk about, oh, I want Bryson Hopkins on the Bears, and I do. But that's kind of taking the easy way out. I'll go with two other guys here. Uh, I really like Caleb on Chasen out of LSU. I think he's got freakish athleticism where he, you know, fires off the snap. He's really fluid in space. I think he's got a lot of upside in coverage, and he's shown flashes of converting speed to power as a pass rusher. So he's a guy I would take in the top 15 for sure. I don't know if he goes that high, but he's, with his physical tools, I think he's a guy you look at really early. And another guy I'd like to mention real quick, if that's all right, is... Denzel Mims from Baylor. He's a guy I talked about in my Combine Standout article, but I've been high on Denzel Mims since, like, July of 2018 <laughs> because I I thought that he was going to declare for the 2019 draft, but he ended up staying for another year in college, and he put together a good season. He's 6'3". He's a little under 210. I really love the athleticism he brings and that combination of length and speed off the snap and the fluidity that he's got as a route runner he's getting better he's still kind of raw but I really like the skill set that he has so Denzel Mims is a guy I'd really like to take for any team in the second round I mean regardless I think if the Bears look at him and pick him in the second round I wouldn't be upset I mean but overall I think that he's got a lot of upside and he's a guy that I think will end up getting drafted pretty highly you know with his speed his size his strength his athleticism you know, this is a guy, you know, if it wasn't because of this class being so 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 good at the position, he'd be a, a first-round a first lock. Oh, without a doubt. And yeah. another thing that I forgot to mention that, you know, you touched upon is 
his blocking. He's yeah. a strong guy, and he's you know a nasty blocker. I've seen a lot of guys you know showing videos of Mims in blocking situations for screens and as a run blocker. I think EJ Snyder uh, shared one the other day, and I really like that side of Mims too. I think that you know with that physicality, that willingness to contribute in any way possible, I think he's definitely got a long career in the NFL ahead of him. Yeah, I would not be mad if the Bears picked him in a second round. I know that's not a popular take. A lot of Bears fans on Twitter just do not want to see a receiver pick that early. But, but this is a guy that you know he has the speed, which is something the Bears you know they, they sorely need right now. They need a guy that can stretch the defense. But, but like we talked about, he's just so physical. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there are a lot of other receivers as well that you can look at in round two and say, hey, maybe this guy could fit in that type of role for the Bears, like a K.J. Hamler out of Penn State, Jalen Rager out of TCU, even though he didn't do do great at the Combine. The Bears would have some options, and if they want to go with a true, legitimate, best player available approach, I think that going through a receiver early isn't necessarily out of the question, even though they've got some young talent there already. I think also with the receivers so, so deep this year, you know, there could be a legit opportunity for the Bears to trade down as well with someone trying to come up to get one of these guys. Oh, without a doubt. And yeah. I think that, you know, trading down the Bears, I think, could use as many draft picks as possible considering how thin they are in draft capital terms right now. And I think that they could also look for a guy on day three, the best player available, sort of like Riley Ridley was this past year. Yeah, They could look for a guy, you know, maybe round four, maybe, you know, later than that who has legitimate potential to become a starter. I mean, I don't know necessarily how many receivers are going to get drafted uh, within the first two days of the draft, but I'm positive that there will be a handful of guys on day three who can eventually develop into starters. So if the Bears want to go down that route, I'd definitely be down with it. I think that there's a lot of talent and they'd be wise to take advantage. You can never have enough weapons. So so, so who's, who is the one player that you have seen mocked or maybe discussed by Bears Twitter as a possible you know, Chicago target that you really want the Bears to stay away from? You know, and this is a guy that we talked about a little bit early in the show, and that's Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Uh, I do like the skill set he brings as a dual-threat quarterback, but he's just not a guy I draft in the second round because if you're drafting a quarterback in the second round, that says we think this guy could be a starter. You know, maybe not necessarily a top-end you know, elite starter. But he's a guy that you can potentially build a franchise around and you view as a, a potential starter. And I don't know if Jalen Hurts is that guy. I think as much as he improved as a passer in Oklahoma, I think he's still a work in progress in terms of his pocket presence, his decision-making, his consistency uh, as an accurate passer. I think that's all a work in progress. And his arm, I think it's not terrible but it isn't necessarily great either. So while I said, you know, if Jalen Hurts falls in like the fourth round, I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with taking that because I think that's, you know, very good value for him. But if you're looking in the second round, like I saw there was a mock earlier uh, that came out, I think today, that yeah. had Jalen Hurts yeah, going in Bleacher the second round. Bleacher Reports mock. Yeah, exactly. I saw that And one. Yeah, I mean, and I think that that's ultimately too high for Hurts. I think... He should end up going in round three, potentially early round four. But if the Bears end up drafting him in the second round, I'm going to be a bit confused because if it were up to me, I'd wait another year on drafting a quarterback with, you know, if you're viewing him as a starter because you get that first round pick next year and then eventually 
you know, if you succeed, you can trade up for a guy, but if not, then you'll still be in good position to get a starting caliber quarterback. For sure. Well, you know, next year the Bears are going to be picking 32nd, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it'll be a little bit difficult, but we've seen Ryan Pace. Yeah. He's willing to trade up for his guys, so, you know, right at that 32 spot, I nice. wouldn't be surprised to see him trade up all the way to number one to get Trevor Lawrence. Oh, that would be beautiful. Hey, but Jacob, that's our time. Thanks so much for jumping out with me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. As always, I appreciate it. Hey, we'll have to do this again once the draft is done to get your thoughts on Ryan Pace's uh, 2020 draft hall. Oh, absolutely. I'd be down anytime. Just, you know, say the word and I'm in. For sure, for sure. Hey, everyone, make sure you are following Jacob on Twitter. Like I said, he's at, at JacobInfante24. Uh, you can find a bunch of his NFL draft thoughts at USA Today's Draft Wire, uh, plus all Chicago Bears and, and plenty more NFL draft takes at Windy City Gridiron, where he is our lead draft analyst. And, Jacob, I actually forgot to ask you, uh, is, is, is the new title fitting in with you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of <laughs> settling in. I'm, you know, really honored to be, you know, in that position, and a lot of thanks goes to you know, you and EJ through all that. I mean, I'm really, I'm really happy with the role, and I think it's kind of settling in now. I like having that in my in my Twitter bio, it's makes nice, me look yeah. a, a little bit more official. But I mean, I'm enjoying it. I'm you know dedicated now to giving you guys, you know, all the Bears fans out there, even more you know quality draft content. Nice. Well, it's definitely well uh, well deserved. You've been killing it with us for a while now, and your stuff in the draft fire is, uh, is really good as well. Uh, so thanks again to Jacob for jumping on. Uh, thanks to all you guys for listening to T-Formation Conversation. And make sure you guys are all subscribed to the WCG Podcast channel so you not only get my show on occasion, but also Robert Schmitz's Bear With Me, Jeff and EJ's Bears Over Beers, and Bill Zimmerman's Bears Banter. So one subscription and sort of four shows, but it is 100% wall-to-wall Chicago Bears talk. So until next time... Bear down, my friends. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.